Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. How y'all doing on this bright, shiny day? Not so bright and shiny now. <laughs> always say, um, <clears throat> um, never turn down rain or a newborn baby calf. <laughs> That's cowboy talk. So, so I n- never thought that till I moved to Washington. <laughs> So, Father, thank you for for being with us. Thank you for for just your faithfulness and your peace and your hope and your love and your goodness and all that you are. And I just ask, Father, that you just speak through us and in us and and just do do great things in our hearts and our lives that we can never even imagine, Father. Not not just as a pastor, Father God, but uh, as a believer in you. And um, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you speak through me this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so I, I think that's so awesome. I love the mission moments. That was fabulous. And so what this church does is amazing. And so all the different um, groups and missions and people that, that you guys have supported just blows my mind. I'm just like, Wow. I mean, that's impressive. I mean, that's really impressive. And so, so I'm so thankful for you, and I'm glad to be a part of it. And I'm glad how your heart is, because that tells me a whole lot about who you are and how you think and how this church is. And so it's real important. I actually went to, um, was invited to, uh, um, Jim sent me an email for a pastor, Everett Pastor's prayer breakfast, and I was in there talking to a guy. He's like, where are you from? Silver Lake Baptist Church? I know Silver Lake Baptist Church. I was like, really? He goes, where are you from? He goes, from the Everett Gospel Mission. <laughs> and he, he, he's like, like, I've spoken there, you know, two or three times. And I love that church. That's such a great church. Yes, it is. And so, so people know. People know who you guys are, and they know about you. And sometimes we don't think, you know, that, that we're important or we're significant. But I guarantee you what you guys are doing is significant and it is important, and it's really valuable, and, and I'm just in awe of you guys. So you guys rock, and so um, it's, it's cool, really cool. And so sometimes we need to, we need to know that, right? And so um, I was praying, and I was like, like, Father, what do you want to talk about? Because we're still in, in Ephesians, and um, I think a lot of times when we try to go through the Bible, we try to set this like appointment, like I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And I try so hard. But sometimes I struggle because like, like I'm kind of, I'm a cowboy. <laughs> right? I'm a cowboy at heart. And so, so, so like the Holy Spirit will start dealing with me and something. And so, so then my goal, instead of trying to get us all the way through Ephesians in the next couple of weeks, is just to get us through chapter 1 and 2. <laughs> So I'm going to draw it back down because, like, we get into some places and it's so rich, right? And and so, like, man, you can eat salad forever, <laughs> right? And, and I mean, you can eat it fast and you can go, and and the, but there's no real. I mean, it's water, 
I mean, it's water. And I mean, how come God never made donuts taste like lettuce? I mean, that's just not fair, right? Everything that tastes so good and rich you know, is not real good for us, right? And so, so, but it's like eating lettuce, like you can eat salad, eat salad, eat salad, and then like you just eat it and you're gone. I mean, I am. I'm like, oh, I got to eat this thing. And then I'm out of here, right? But when you get a good steak, or, I mean, come on. If you're a vegetarian, I'm sorry. I love steak still, right? But like Parmesan cheese, you know, we went to an Italian restaurant for Valentine's Day, and they make everything. It's a little little restaurant called Cristiano's in, um, in Marysville. Oh, my goodness. Everything's handmade, and it's so rich, and it's so good. And so instead of just eating it and like, I'm out of here, man, I want to savor every bite. You know what I mean? Oh, this is so good. Man, I didn't know it was this color. Well, I said, it's not supposed to be black. You need to send that back. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But it's just so good, and it's so, it's so enjoyable, and, and, and you just want to enjoy it. And so I think that's what we got to do with the Word of God, too. Because, like, it's all so rich, and it's all so enjoyable. But there's some things, to be honest, it's a lot funner to go through in the Bible. Do you hear what I'm saying? So, for, for instance, Revelation can be tough, right? Can be really tough, even for me going through it. And even for, for some of the smartest pastors I've ever seen, it's really tough, right? And so, but you still can dig into it and find some good stuff. Because when you look at Revelation, it's not, it's not just about um, a revelation. We think of all the bad things that are going to happen, but we forget it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. And it's actually good news, right? There, there, sometimes you see in the story there's some bad things that happen, but that doesn't mean that it's not good news. And so, so this morning we're going to kind of enjoy this. I was praying, and I kind of got this title stuck in my head. And, and it was, open our eyes, open the eyes of your heart. Now, I wrote it a little different than you guys are thinking, of course. Right? I wrote, open your eyes, and I put the letter I. Right? And then when I was writing hard, I accidentally, I put the H-E-R in, the, in capitals, and, and I misspelled the T. I thought, oh man, how did I do that? And I thought, you know what, I didn't misspell that. Because there's so much about our heart that comes from hearing. Do you hear what I'm talking about? And so it's real important for us to get a grasp of that. It's our eyes. The Bible, he says, let me read the scripture before I start preaching. I'm, I'm in a hurry this morning, ain't I? So I'm, Ephesians 1, chapter 15. Thank God we're not in one, so we're, we're gaining. And sometimes it's important to review stuff, too. Go over. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we go over it once, and they're like, oh, I got it. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not necessarily. So it's good for us to hear and to hear and to hear. And so, so if I'm repeating myself, it's not because not I got knocked on the head too many times. <laughs> it's because the Holy Spirit's wanting to get something inside us, right? For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. 
Now, Paul's excited. He's like, they gave their heart to Jesus. They're, they're on fire. And he's like, I remember you. He goes, I'm going to remember you. When he's remembering, what he's saying is, I remember. I think about you every day. I see your face and I see, see, see you guys. I know you're there. You're not just invisible. And I'm praying for you. And that's real important because you can see that, that he, he was real, really into to some wisdom from God and, and being thankful for him. And then always praying for him and, and keeping him in his remembrance. And then it says this, I keep asking that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Why does he want us to, to have that, that revelation? So that we may know him better. So when you go to, to the book of Revelation, what are you seeing? You're seeing, seeing that God's giving you this book and he's going through this stuff. And it's not a coincidence, but he's going through this because he wants you to know him better. Right? And so that's, that's what it's all about. That's what this entire book is about. It's about us getting to know God and getting to know his heart and getting to know who he is. Amen? Okay, where am I at? So that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Okay, now I'm going to read that again because it just really doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, think about this. I pray that the eyes of your heart. You know, I've watched Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> right. And I've watched all these doctor shows. I mean, you can watch a ton of them. Right. And I've seen them in there with the heart surgery. And not one time did I ever see eyes on the heart. Right. I didn't ever see them open them up. And then I was like, oh, look, there's eyes. <laughs> right. That's silly, right? Wouldn't it be kind of silly to think about? Hey, here's the eyes. Uh, there's eyes on your heart. But the thing is, is it's not silly because he's not talking just about your organ. He's talking about your heart, your being, who you are, right? And it's like we can see we're, we are a spirit. You hear what I'm saying? Who has a soul and lives in a body, right? So, so our body, yeah, it has a heart, but so does our spirit, so does our soul. We are a spirit. When we realize that, what he's saying is, you can see with your heart, with what I created you to feel with, what I created you to think with, who you really are. Like, we got our brain, but we don't think with our brain. We think with our mind. Now, our mind does do thinking stuff because we're, we're a body. But do you know something? I've heard stories of um, people who have died, floated over their body. And do you know something? Their brain's dead. They're setting up over their body, but they can still think. I was driving to, um, um, with a missionary friend of mine, and he had this guy with him, and he used to um, be a hitman for one of the mafia guys. And he was like, had all the gang marks, uh, tattoos, and this up and down. And, and um, we're, we're driving down the road. It's like a four-hour drive, and he's driving, and he's telling me his story. And he's kind of whining about stuff. And... Holy Spirit said, you tell him to knock that off. I was like, get behind me, Satan. I'm in the middle of nowhere with a known hitman that's already been in prison for all this stuff, 
and you're telling me to knock it, him to knock it off? And the Holy Spirit was urgent. Said, said, look, you knock it off because he's like, no one loves me and God don't love me and this or that. And I said, look, you need to just knock it off right now. I was like, God's got a great plan for you. And just because some people don't accept you doesn't mean that God don't accept you. And you're going to need to quit trying to run from him because you can't outrun him. And I sat back and I was like, okay, Jesus, I'm ready to come home. <laughs> and he looked at me and he's like, thank you. It's like, thank you. That was not the, what a, but it opened up a dialogue between us. And so this whole trip, I got to talk with him and share with him. And so, so he, he was having some health problems. And so I heard the missionary told me afterwards that he had went into the hospital and he, he was a really heavy smoker and, and it was affecting his heart and his lung and one of his lungs really ate up and he dies on the table while they're doing surgery. And while he was, on, while he was dead, he, he said he floated above, above his body and he's looking down and he's like, whoa, this is wild. This is his words, not mine. And, and he said he sat there and Jesus come to him and said, just had a little conversation about him and told him the same thing that I told him and said, look, you're, you're not going to die. You're going to go back down there and I got a plan for your life in spite of what all you've done and I'm going to use you. Not only am I going to use you, but I'm going to give you um, new lungs. So guess what? He goes back down. God brings him back from the dead and they went to check his lungs. And they're like, you have lungs like a new baby. They're just as clean as can be. He went out. When he got up where he could walk out, he was totally delivered from, from cigarettes. Like he didn't want another cigarette. And he used to drink Pepsi, right? Like that was, he thought it was really bad in a vice. Like he couldn't even drink Pepsi. He's like, I just want it. Not that Pepsi's bad. I love Pepsi too. But God did a great thing. And so... God's a big God, and he's a cool God. And so my whole point in telling that story, I have no, no idea why I told that story. But you know what? It's important us to know that God's still God, and he's still doing that kind of stuff today. I was actually telling that story to a pastor friend of mine in Ellensburg, and his daughter was sitting right there, and she bust out just crying. And I was like, what's the matter? And she's like, I work in Wenatchee, and I'm a surgical nurse there, and I saw that happen. And I was like, Wow. And so God just kind of blows your mind like that. And so, so um, I know not to freak people out because they're like, oh, my God, you know. But, but like, I'm not going to water down what God can do and who God is. And it's important for us to know that. And um, there's too, too many people that, that want to water down who God is and what he can do. And, like, he didn't fall off the throne. He's still alive, and he's still active, and he still wants to do stuff in our hearts and lives. And, and he'll blow our minds in ways that we never thought. And he doesn't do it because we're good. He does it because he's good. Do you hear what I'm talking about? Right? So anyway, my whole point was, he was talking about when he was dead. He could talk. He could think. He could hear. Wait a second. Science says it's our brain. Now, if his brain was dead, how come he's thinking? You guys hear what I'm talking about? Think about that. So, that, I wasn't trying to... 
But really, think about that. He, it's saying, so, so we got our brain, and it's a great, great thing that we have, but it's not really where we're thinking. And it's not really where we're seeing. We're seeing on the inside, right? It says here in Timothy, and later on in um, Ephesians, it says, or where is it? I might be in Timothy. No, it's right here in Ephesians chapter 3. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or think or imagine according to his power that works where? Within us. And so we're all the time trying to come from the outside in, from the outside in, from the outside in. And God's trying to work with us from the inside out. Right? When he come to die for us, he come to save our soul, right? Where's our soul? It's on the bottom of our foot. <laughs> no. I mean, it is, yes. Our S-O-L-E, but our S-O-U-L, it's on the inside of us, right? And so it's important for us to, to, to understand that and, and on the inside of us. And so we have the eyes of our heart. And so I was thinking of eyes, but when I said eyes, I didn't think of eyes. I thought of eyes, like the letter I. So I was getting ready to go to come to church, and my wife seen my post because I posted it on Facebook. So I was like, I want to get this out. Life, what's the eyes of your heart? What are those eyes? And I was like, well, inspiration, intelligence, intuition. Then we have these eyes that a lot of us have in there that maybe not be that, might not be that good, right? I can't. I don't know how. Right? And we can use those eyes, and they're stuck on the inside of us, and these are thoughts and stuff that have come to us or that someone else has put on. They said, you'll never amount to nothing. And then you start, start owning it in your heart, and you start saying, I'll never amount to anything. You hear what I'm talking about? Maybe people have said that about you, but I don't care what they said. There's another, another story that's written about you. Right? And God says, you're wonderfully and beautifully made. There is nothing, nothing more cool about you than anything else in the universe. You're God's highest form of creation right here on earth. And it's important for us to know it. But I change the eyes to this. Deuteronomy 28 has a lot of eyes. Right? I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I'm blessed when I come in and I'm blessed when I go out. Right? And you can go, it's not what people have said about you, it's what God says about you. What are you going to own? What are you going to take? What are you going to um, receive and, and walk out in, in your life? And I think that's real, real important for, for us to, to understand. So I was thinking about the eyes. I was thinking about how much God loves us. And, and um, sometimes we say, I'm not going to make it. Anybody ever feel like you're not going to make it? Like it's never going to work out? I guarantee you I've had those moments. And I was like, there's no way I'm getting through this. Take me home, Jesus. You know something he does. We were going, Linda's been really, um, she's been having some allergy stuff that's causing some asthma problems with her breathing. And, it, and so to, they gave her some medicine to go with that this last week. And so 
Um, they put her on some prednisone. Prednisone's nasty stuff. Sorry if there's pharmacist people around or something, but it's true. It's nasty stuff. And so, like, they didn't taper it off, and they just took her straight off. And um, she was feeling dizzy and sick. So, so um, she went to the doctor, and um, she, the, it wasn't the prednisone. She had sinusitis, whatever that is, like sinusitis, yeah. And so it's like her head's just all, it's beautiful still, right? But it's all mucked up with the sinus stuff. So we were getting ready. We were supposed to leave tomorrow to go to um, Phoenix for a NAM conference. And NAM's so awesome. Like Cindy was talking about the North American Mission Board and the Annie Armstrong offering and stuff and what it supports. And that's one of the things it supports is the North American Mission Board. They do so much to support their missionaries. And they train us and they love on us. And they're so good. And one of the things they do is they have these gatherings. And, and they encourage us. And then they they train us up and, and just kind of love on us a little bit. And so... We were excited to go because this was for the whole West Coast. And so um, we get out of the doctor Thursday, and the, the doctor says, you can't fly. He's like, like, you get on that airplane, it's going to, I mean, it'll do stuff to your head. I mean, but, you know, it's too much pressure. So we're both really disappointed because we're like, man, we really want to go to this thing, and it's, like, really important. And. And we were all excited, and so we couldn't go. And so we're like, oh, what do I do now? And now, like, I've got to be there in three days. So I've got to get a hold of someone and tell them, hey, by the way, I'm not coming. And I'm like, oh, boy. I don't know how they're going to react and this or that. And so I sent an email off. I was like, hey, this is what's going on. I was like, could we switch to another region and just do, it, uh, do another gathering later? And they're, they, they're like, absolutely, we can, we can make that happen. I was like, even at the last minute, absolutely, we can make that happen. So um, anyway, they, they, switched, uh, they switched us, but she sends a thing back and she says, where do you want to go? We have four other regions and you can take your pick. And so we had been sitting around like the night, night or two before and we were watching TV and there's a thing on New York City. And we were both like, man, that'd be cool to go visit that someday. And I was like, yeah. And so, so I told my wife, I said, yeah, they said, pick any region you want. And she goes, do they have New York? And I looked down, and I was like, yes, they do. So I sent them back, and I said, we want to go to New York. And they said, done. So they booked us at the New York conference, and we're getting to stay in Brooklyn, New York. And so, like a cowboy, you know. <laughs> but, like, we didn't even mean to say it. It's not like God don't like Phoenix, I'm sure. I love Phoenix, especially this time of year. But God heard the desire of our heart, right? He heard it from inside us and knew that it was something special for us. And God didn't send that bad thing to hit us, to hit Linda. But in spite of that, God says, you know something? Watch this. I'm going to show you how good I am because I'm going to bless you in spite of what's happening to you. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah, and so I was like, thank you, Jesus. And so I'm so thankful. So when you think of the, the Annie Armstrong offering and NAM, think of um, they do so much for, for their missionaries and are so good to them. 
So, so just kind of remember that if anyone ever asks you, because um, I'm really thankful for them. So anyway, I'm trying to be serious this morning. <laughs> so I promised my wife I wouldn't talk about earwax or nose hairs, or, <laughs> but I didn't say anything about toe gunk. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, where am I at? I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glory and inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for, who, for us who believe. Who believes? Me too. That's probably a good thing since I'm a pastor. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Where am I at? I'm going to get us through the scriptures. If I can remember. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way isn't that cool he's the head he he's he's above all he he's in all and so i was thinking about how would you, you ever think about what would jesus do right and i've talked about that a little bit but I was thinking, how would I bring this about when it comes to, to our heart, right? What would Jesus do, right? And I thought about his, his, his life. Like, man, he went and he's like, like, go tell this dude I need their cult. And I don't want the one that's been broke. I'm the donkey whisperer. And bring it to me. Like, he didn't come up and say, oh, sir, can I please borrow your donkey? And the guy's like, well, that donkey's not broke. You're going to get bucked off. No, he didn't even have that. He's like, the, the master has need of this. Like when he went to get, he needed um, money for the half shekel that tax, which is a whole nother cool thing that happens because it went to the fish, right? And the half tekel, shekel tax was taken so that they could buy lambs for Passover, right? And so here he goes, well, go down to the river, and I want you to fish. So, so he went to Cabela's. <laughs> Got his rod and reel. Hit it on the head a few times and said, heck with this, I'm going to grab a net. And so he just netted it out because there are so many of them, right? And the first fish he found had what? Had what he needed. And so I thought about it. I thought about what does that all rep- represent? When I think of the half shekel text, I think of Passover. I think of Jesus, our Passover lamb. But then I see fish, Right? Jesus said, go get, get a fish. And so he gets the fish, and there's so much. It's almost like he was prophesying, right? What, do, what, do the, what is the sign of believers? A fish, right? So what's going to be in a believer's mouth? The finished work of Jesus because of Passover, right? Jesus is our Passover lamb. His finished work has saved us. And so when I look at that, I mean, there's so much richness in it, and it just makes it makes it come alive for us, for me. And so, but I was thinking about, that's what he said, he says, go, go get a fish. Like, you need to pay your rent or your, or, or your car payment? 
just go, go down to the Puget Sound. I mean, when you look at him like, what's the matter with you? Right? But see, Jesus didn't operate like we operate nowadays. Because why? He wasn't operating out of the flesh, but he was operating out of the, the, the spirit, right? So it comes now, we're, we're coming up to the Last Supper, and, um, which is kind of, kind of a coincidence because there's a table back here behind me, right? <laughs> Luke, Luke chapter 22, I love this. And verse 7, and it says this, Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had been sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and make preparation for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it, they ask. Nothing like waiting for the last minute. Know what I'm talking about? So now if you picture Jerusalem back then, there's multitudes and multitudes of people are coming from all over the place to celebrate Passover, right? Jerusalem's not just like, oh, I'm going to go down the street and there might be two or three guys here. No, it's like, like going to New York City on Times Square, which I haven't been yet, but, right? but I see on TV where there's like people everywhere. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so, so Jesus is like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Where do you want us to prepare for it? And what do you want us to do? Because like, you know, I think the Marriott and the Hilton and the Holiday Inn and all those, their banquet rooms are full, right? What are we going to do, have it in a barn again? <laughs> right? Which is fine with me. Where do you want me to have it? And, and they asked, and he replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a water a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher ask, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, all furnished, make preparations there. Hey, time out. Okay, you're going to meet a man carrying a jar of water. Some of, some of the scriptures say, and you will find a man carrying a jar of water. How many people were carrying jars of water? Right? That's like me saying, follow the guy with the blue suit. You hear what I'm saying? So, so the odds in the natural were already all stacked against them. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Like, like this was like a bustling, hectic area. And Jesus like, okay, when you find this dude with the... And I'm probably there thinking, are you serious? Everybody's carrying a jug of water, right? And then you're going to go and ask him, hey, dude, my master needs... You can watch him go in the house. Well, how many houses are you going to go into? Who are you going to find? Do you not think that maybe there's a little bit of wisdom that... Jesus had imparted into them. Maybe they had seen him raise the dead and heal the sick and see, see the, the blind eyes open and the deaf hear and seeing the fish, right, produce uh, the Passover tax, right? Maybe they had a little bit more faith in him than, than we give them credit because they, they, it's like they didn't argue with him. I ain't doing that. That's stupid. They go... Not only do they find the right guy, but the right guy says, okay, here, here, you can have this. This is yours. 
Why? Because it's Jesus. Jesus doesn't think like we think. Jesus doesn't look at things like we think. You know why? Because when he goes to his eye, he goes, I am the Son of God. I am the Messiah. I'm the one that was prophesied about. But he knew who he was and who his father was, and he expected God to do works in his life because the father had had it planned out. Isn't that cool? So they left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I will tell you I will not eat again until I, it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Okay, now here's some cool things to read. It says, when the hour come, Jesus and his apostle, apostles reclined at the table. So now, you're like, well, what are they doing? Are they eating? Are they reclining? What's the deal with, with the cup and with, with the bread? It's really, really cool if you ever go to a Passover Seder and we, we love to do Passover seders, and we try to, try to do one every year at least. And, um, but you'll see kind of when they recline. Like you eat your meal, and you have cups you go through, and then you have a dinner break. And at that dinner break when you sit back, and you recline. Well, what happened? They already ate the Passover meal, and they already had some of the cups. There wasn't just one cup. There were four cups, right? And so... When, when you see this, they're sitting back and they've just eaten and they're getting ready to, to close it out. And Jesus is talking. And I, and I love this because this is what he, he says. I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Now I think about filling something full. Anybody ever think about that? When it says fulfillment, I think a filled full, right? Got a glass? Fill it. If it's full, it's fulfilled. Do you hear what I'm saying? He's like, next time I eat it, it's going to be after I've gone to the cross. It's going to be after I, I've suffered. It's going to be after I rose again. So he's telling him, I'm going to fulfill this. I didn't just come here to hang out with you guys and die and then nothing else is going to happen. I want to be life to you. He said, I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. And so he takes this cup and, and he fills it full. And this cup can be the law and the regulations and all those things that we can't keep on our own. And Jesus says, watch this, I'll keep them, boys. And he fills it full. And as he fills it full, all, all we have to do is sit back and rest and say, that's full. Now I can have life. All my punishment's paid for. All the law is kept in him. Now I can have life and have life more abundantly, and I'm not keeping the law to be saved. I'm keeping a relationship with him, and as I keep a relationship with him, I start walking like him, talking like him, acting like him. Does that, you guys see the difference? And so that's what Jesus come to do. He's all about relationship. He's like, I'm excited to eat this meal with you. Right? He's not like, oh man, i got to eat this meal with them. They're going <laughs> to stick me on a cross, and they're going to... Right? He wanted to be with them, and he wants to be with you. Now watch this. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this 
and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took up the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which was poured out for you. Now, let me go back up here. Actually, can we, you guys want to go ahead and pass the stuff out? Do you want me to get up there so I'm out of your way? or I feel weird up really cool because I, I love how it, it all ties in. I'll let you guys grab that. By the way, if you're listening via the internet or watching via the internet, please let us know and say, hey, sit, write, write a note, go to the website, um, Silver Lake Baptist Church or the Facebook page and say, hey, I'm watching, I'm, I'm hearing, just so we can kind of kind of know that know that you're there and and if you have any prayer needs or anything, we'd love to pray with you. You're like, why would you do that? Because I know there's people watching. We were doing a Passover Seder one time, and it was really really cool because it comes up to about the time where they recline and we took the last cup. Thank you. And um, I was talking with the lady there and um, like, okay, now we're going to break for, we're going to break for, um, for supper. And she's like, why are you yelling? Like, what are you talking about? I'm not yelling. She's like, no, you're just so loud. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, wait a second. She's like, I can hear. She hadn't been able to hear in her ears very good for like 15 years. And when she finished with that cup, God healed her. And so when we take this, I don't, I don't want you to think that it's just a sacrament, that it's just a ritual, that it's just for religion and it's just for this or that. I want you to know that there's power in what Jesus done. And as we take this, we're remembering Jesus' body and remembering that it was by his stripes we're healed and that he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And it says, by his stripes we were healed. There's power in it. As you take this, remember that. Amen? Amen. So, um, do you want to pray over this? Father, Lord, thank you for this time for remembrance. We thank you for your broken body that you gave to us freely and that we can be freed, Lord. And we thank you for all that this re-represents and all that you mean to us. We take this very seriously. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
จะตรงไหมซึ่งผมจะเรียนนี้ไปอีกนิดหนึ่งเพื่อให้เขาเห็นและเขาเข้าใจมันเพราะฉันต้องการให้เขาเข้าใจเมื่อวันนั้นพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าและพระอาจารย์ตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว่าพระเจ้าตรัสกับพวกเขาว